Okay, all right. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Santi Time Podcast, where no matter if it's Eastern Time, Western Time, or Pacific Time, it'll always be Santi Time. Uh, I have returning guests with me, AJ Ford, who last who last year we did uh we we did our top five movies of of the year so far uh last year of 2022 and now with this episode we are doing the films that have come out this year so far in which we deem are great how's it going my man it's going pretty good i've been very busy with work i am i work at a movie theater right now in case people don't know um if you're a friend of mine, then you know all about it. I never shut up about it. <laughs> but but I, I love working there. It's like a like a independently owned chain. I've gotten to know the owner. You know, I help pick out the trailer sometimes, and that's really fucking cool. Oh, it's uh, not a oh, it's not a major theater chain like AMC or Regal or nope. no. Okay. This is like a local chain. There's like three known theaters um in the world for this particular chain and they're all in the new england area mm, okay guys like uh if you hear me munching that's why I'm, it's <laughs> because i'm eating my dinner i'm uh i'm eating a sandwich at uh at press 195 the uh the best the best long island sandwich shop on on long island <laughs> next time i'm in new york man we gotta try it yeah 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 you should like whenever you're in long island you should <laughs> you just check out press 195 there's there's two locations there's one there's one in Rockwell's. sorry there's one in Rockwell Center. And there's another one in Babylon, New York, if you know where that is. There's a Babylon, New York? Yes, yes. There is a town on Long Island called Babylon. I think it's like, I want to say it's, I want to say it's like right next to Amityville, but, yeah. I feel uh, like that's where Damien Chazelle should have filmed Babylon. Oh, bam. Uh, hot, hot take. Do you know that uh, Babylon is my favorite movie from last year? Is it really? Yes, I don't know. I like, like, like. I don't know how you feel about it. I know how you feel about Babylon, but for me, I personally loved it. You know, I feel, I feel like as time goes on, and and um, we did get Babylon at one of my theaters, the little independent theater that's right across the street from the mainstream one. We got it there, and the thing with this theater is that, like, it's impossible to not hear the movie because. Once you go into the theater, there's no doors. And, of course, the speaker is as loud as it can be. Everyone needs to hear the movie. So there have been times where, yeah. you know, I'm waiting for the movie to get out so I can close up. And I just be like, you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna sit down and watch Babylon again. Right. And so I literally just, like, sit down on the stairs. And as I'm watching it, I'm like, this movie legitimately does not feel like it's three hours long. Right. And, and I, right, I feel right. like yeah, you don't you don't feel the length exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Like I don't I don't think it's as like a little bit of a hot take. I don't think it's as like wild as people like claim it to be. Like there mm-hmm. are some points where I just think Giselle's being a little bit of a tryhard, but that's just me. But right. I, I but I find Babylon to be like pretty much all depressing <laughs> it's just like oh hey you want to join the film industry well guess what it's gonna suck <laughs> well yeah like that's that's pretty much the point of what babylon is trying to say like it like like uh the film industry that it was like trying to portray in terms of it's like 
in terms of how it was back then during like during like the late 20s and the early 30s it's that back then like a lot of people like got to like make whatever they wanted and then with the 30s like it was pushing out the uh the it, it was pushing out the minority of people who are uh, who have been part of this workplace for most of their life you know and like the thing that they love the most has become demeaning to them like you see that with the uh with the jazz player that i can't even that i can't even remember the name of like you know what i'm talking about right he had to like he had yep. to like put powder on his face to look darker and then like you barely see that woman director and you have like and you have like and you have diego luna's and he had Calvin. Diego Calva's character like be a part of an industry that is that 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 has become predominantly white, which is what Hollywood is right now with the uh, with uh, with Warner Brothers and exactly. yeah yeah so 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 essentially so so essentially Babylon is kind of a fuck you to Warner Brothers so basically yeah I I mean like if you ask me like. As someone who has taken like many film classes, like mm -hmm. the 1920s to Sion era, that's like a very interesting time in film history for me. I know people like kind of like to scoff at the idea of like old black and white 1920s, 1910s silent films. You know, there there can't be anything interesting about it. It's boring. It's just like I don't know. Like, like when you really get to like the meat and potatoes of that, the amount of work that they've put into those movies is insane. Like a lot of the stunts that you see, like in um, let's take Buster Keaton for example. Right. Like those are actually on camera. Like that's actually like Buster Keaton just barely missing like a like a piece of a house, like just barely hitting him. And, like, that's Buster Keaton, like, climbing on top of a hot air balloon. Because, obviously, like, you know, 1920s, they didn't have, like, visual effects. They couldn't afford that. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I have yet to see a Buster Keaton movie, but I have seen clips. So, yeah. Uh, So, before, yeah. yeah, yeah, before every, like, before every top five, I'd like to... I like to get into I, I like to get it into a bit of a pop culture news segment, which is like which nope. is just three things that I want to talk about. Uh, Superman Legacy, the upcoming Superman movie that is directed by James Gunn, is going to skip the origin story, which is great because because like we don't really need to like see the upbringings of Clark Kent in Smallville, Kansas now, don't we? Or exactly. or that we don't really need to or that we don't really need to see the destruction of Krypton for the for the for the fifth time or whatever and and we don't really necessarily get to see the love the 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 uh, the meet cute of Clark Kent and Lois Lane because we saw that in Superman 78 and, and if you ask oh, yeah. me now now if you ask me like a comic book movie without an origin story works so well that's how the Batman became a great movie in the first place. It's how, it's how, it's how, it's how, if you ask anybody, it's how Spider-Man Homecoming is kind of a decent film because, because it skipped the Uncle Ben parts of it. Even though, like, like, even though the MCU Spider-Man movies didn't necessarily have an Uncle Ben, which is kind of an insult, but, but, but that's besides the point. It's going to be great because Superman Legacy is 
probably going to be in the veins of the Batman without it being like a dark and gritty, like without it being a dark and gritty detective story, but it's going to be a light hearted, like comic book movie in the vein of the Superman comics and Richard Donner's classic Superman movie. Exactly. And, and like, I already kind of knew that it was heading in a very good direction when we got the casting announcements of uh, oh my God. Rachel Brosnahan as Lois Lane. Fucking fantastic choice. I love Mrs. Maisel. I don't know if you've mm-hmm. seen it. You've seen uh, it? Uh, some of it. Some of it. I've seen some of Mrs. Maisel. Okay. It's very, very good. It's like the most like AJ Ford show ever. But um, <laughs> but I, I was especially happy for David Cornsweat. Yeah. And not only because she absolutely 100% looks the part, like he looks like American Henry Cavill, like essentially. He does, yeah. And 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 and, 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 and I don't and I don't know. And I'm pretty sure you've seen like the argument on Twitter that like that like oh oh like oh Henry Cavill is still a Superman. Bring him back. We don't know who this David Corin Sweat whatever whatever guy is. He looks exactly like him. Bring him back. Like. Dude, move on. Okay. Exactly. Henry Cavill, like like Henry Cavill was done being Superman when he was screwed over. Okay. Like move on, please. <laughs> Twitter, if you're listening to this, move on, you fucking nerds. Anyway. Uh, all right. Yeah. RIP Twitter because because Elon Musk implemented Elon. the six hundred tweet like rule thing, which is you which want- uh, which sucks. So you wanna know who's not my Superman? Elon Musk. Oh, damn. <laughs> um anyway and uh, so like... and, and uh and and a real life uh lex luthor oh true that is actually true and and, and another reason why i'm so happy for david corns right he was actually like i was looking at like the um who james gunn was considering to cast superman and I was not crazy about Nicholas Holt. I like him. Right. I like Nicholas Holt. I do not see him as the Man of Steel. I, to me, he looks like someone that, like, you know, I could kick his ass. <laughs> but yeah, um, Nicholas Nicholas Holt. He, he doesn't look threatening. <laughs> he does. He he doesn't look. He does not look threatening at all. But he does have a very like punchable face. Like he has like played like scummy people before. If you've seen the menu, then. Oh like, yeah. Yeah. Then like, <laughs> then the, 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 like, you know how much of an asshole he can be, you know? So. Exactly. It, and, and David Cornswipe, um, I, I'm, I know, you know, my favorite movie of last year was Pearl. Yeah. Of like, course like, I it, it's kind of like, Kind of like tied Pearl Montana story. I feel like I'm leaning more towards Pearl right now, but like aside from Mia Goth and and the actress who plays um, her mother, David Cornsweet as the projectionist, I thought was truly like one of the highlights of the movie. Yeah, like I thought he, has he brought that... a lot of charm to that character. And then like when shit hits the fan, and he like has to, you know, act like he's scared of this. Mm-hmm. Of this person that he once like was falling for, but then realized, oh shit, she's a psycho. What like, did that... I do wrong? What did I do wrong? Why are you leaving <laughs> me? If I do anything wrong, if I said you're scaring me, Pearl. <laughs> you're scaring me. Like, like his reaction, like actually seems genuine. Like, yeah. like, like if I were in that situation, I'd be like, oh, um, 
Yeah, I gotta find any kind of reason to get the fuck out of here right now. Mm, like, yeah. well, actually, if it were me, I probably would just ran right away, just get back right in that car. Doesn't doesn't and, and just like not even explain myself. Doesn't matter. You would be dead if it was Pearl. That that's true. Yeah. Hey, man. She even though she's a psycho and kills people, she's cute. <laughs> she's pretty. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Uh, so so you know and, I love you, Yeah. Yeah. In in the top. Yeah, and like David has like that Montgomery Cliff charm as well. Did you see that clip that um? That's been like going around, I think, like TikTok and Twitter. I don't know what the name of the movie or show it was, but it was just like David Cornsweat um, in this, like, I think it was like a bank or something, just giving oh, this very yes. Clark, yeah, giving this like very Clark Kent type monologue. And just like the way he spoke, I'm like, yeah, this is that, this is my that clip is from a Netflix miniseries called Hollywood, which was like created and executive produced by. Ryan Murphy, which I wasn't really a fan of, but you know, but Ryan he was good. What yeah, did you do? Ryan Murphy? Yeah, yeah. Uh Ryan Murphy created and executive produced this show called Hollywood, which was like which was like a period piece set in the I wanna say thirties or fifties or whatever. So like that's that's excuse me, that's that's where the clip was from. I wasn't I wasn't really a fan of it. I, I I wasn't exactly a fan of it, so yeah. Okay. Uh, do you want to move on to other pop culture? Yeah. Yes. Yes. I yes. I do. Yes. Yes, I do. Um. So the Flash is having a historic box office bomb right now. Fucking good. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. It's great. Free. It's great. I'm glad I didn't see it. You saw it, right? I feel bad for you. I, I saw it for free. Because, like, as right. I stated, I work in a theater. Yeah, you work in so a theater. So I just thought, hey, I got nothing else to do on this Friday night. I'm going to go watch The Flash at 9 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And it was one of the worst superhero movies I think I've ever seen. <laughs> like, like, this, so this movie have, deserves to bomb harder. <laughs> if you have, listen, when you have, like, the current head of Warner Brothers, like, who is, like, a white racist man, like, praising it as the best superhero movie ever made, you know that it's pretty much going to suck. Yeah, basically. I mean, I don't know much about the CEO of Warner Brothers. I I just know that they were, like, shoving the flash down our throats, pretty much, and shoving Ezra down our throats. Like, there were so many, like, like, fucking, there was Andrew Muschietti, Going like, oh, Ezra is the best actor I've ever worked with. Like this, mm. this guy's gonna win an Oscar one day. And, and like, if I, okay, him as the Flash, like, he's not. They're not bad. They're not bad. No, um, no they're bad. It's to just me. like Sorry. I don't <laughs> want to support Ezra. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, as soon as I like, when I first like met. Like when I first saw anything that Ezra was in, like for me, it was perks of being a wallflower, obviously. Oh, and yeah. that, and then there was, um, and then there was, uh, we need to talk about Kevin, which admittedly, great movie, but I don't think I could watch that ever again. But, and didn't see it. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's 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 great, you know, like Tilda Swinton like outshines Ezra pretty much, but 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 it was it was good, but um, <laughs> and um. I had a point. 
So with with the Justice League movies, with the DC movies that he was in, he wasn't bad. And this was before the controversy that he had. And like and and like this like this happened like before like the Zack Snyder like Justice League movement uh, movement happened. Like like the clip of him strangling a woman didn't think anybody anything about that because I didn't know because I didn't know it was him. Several sources says that it was him and his like face wasn't exactly in that I, video. So we so I've seen I've seen the video. It definitely looks like them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much looks like them. I don't know. Like 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 if I'm misgendering Ezra, I'm sorry. Um and like they and like I didn't really think that much about them since. And with Zack Snyder's Justice League came out, completely forgot about that. Cause like, you know, like the whole thing with him like turning back time to like stop uh to uh stop uh Stop his face. Yeah, 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 yeah. To stop uh to stop Steppenwolf. I thought that was pretty cool, you know? And then didn't think didn't think anything about that. And then when the flash was finally coming out, every, like like everything, like like the lid started to come off, and 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 all the crazy shit that Ezra was doing was all over the news, and we were all cautious. We were thinking, oh, like for sure they're gonna cancel the flash movie. They're not, they didn't cancel the flash movie. And instead of canceling the Flash movie, they uh they canceled a they canceled a a near complete a near complete a, a near complete a near complete film with the with the DC com with the DC Comics character Batgirl that took that 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 was ninety million dollars into budget and they <clears throat> and they just wrote it off and 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 it was a complete complete tax write off. It's still bold. <laughs> And and it's still bullshit. So, so you know, you know, like maybe maybe don't promote a movie with a criminal that is the Flash, and you barely make it a Flash movie, and you have Michael Keaton's Batman involved and and marketing the hell out of it, thinking that it's the next big multiverse thing, and then like and then and then like I don't know, don't make this type of movie. When you should have, when you should have kept Batgirl, like I don't know, like like, and I've discussed this with like John Griffin before, and he had like, and he had a good point about this, like, like Batgirl had Brendan Fraser playing a villain who was about to win an Oscar, like that's insane, and I feel bad for Brendan too, mm-hmm. like like they completely like fucked him over, and and like. I'm so happy for him to like finally win the Oscar. But then but then like I'm thinking about it. I'm also happy for him for not like getting into these like comic book movies, superhero movies like Trifecta. Like he doesn't deserve to like fall down that rabbit hole. Oh, actually, like, actually, um I'm if I could correct you, he's actually part of a DC property. Uh uh, uh he's in this DC show called called uh doom patrol oh i haven't seen it oh yeah doom patrol is great i really i really like doom patrol he's like uh he plays like uh he plays this guy who's like like a, he, he plays this guy who's like who, whose entire like whose entire like inner like inner body is like transferred into this like piece of junk robot it's great yeah i'll have to check it out yeah, 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 sure, even sure. though like most of my most of my taste in tv shows are like comedies 
But yeah, like, that's what right. I was gonna say was well, um, it is a comedy. Doom Patrol is a comedy. <laughs> oh, it is. Oh, okay. Then yeah. I'll definitely check it out. Um, what I was gonna say was um, that whole thing of Batgirl getting canceled, and their their justification was like, oh, it's because it's so bad. Like it's really, <laughs> really, really bad, and. So, like, I watched The Flash, and I'm like, okay, what was so bad in Batgirl that was so amazing in The Flash? Because I feel like I'm watching, like, a film that's not even finished. (laughs) The the Flash, like, it looks like shit. It sounded like shit. It, it, It had probably some of the worst CG I've ever seen in a superhero movie. And it literally only exists to be to, to kind of like compete with Spider-Man Home not not Homecoming, sorry. Spider-Man, Spider-Man no, no way home. home. Yeah. Instead, it's now Batman No Way Home. <laughs> it, it, like the cameos in this movie like serve absolutely zero purpose to be there, except for people to go like woo! Woo! Exactly. And and then and then like I look up like reactions and like reviews from people on like YouTube or TikTok and stuff. And they say that people didn't even applaud. That's the funniest fucking thing ever to me (laughs) because that's so clear. That's so clearly what they were trying to do. Like, like the movie exists to like a B there, no way home and B to just get to, to be that movie that audiences just applaud over, like in No Way Home. Like, oh my god, it's Christopher Reeve! Oh, it's it's not like it's the most disrespectful thing of all time to just, like, paint him, like, with fucking CGI and fucking just resurrect him. Oh, it's Nicolas Cage as Superman. No one's gonna understand that. Unless you've been on the internet for, like, years by now, and yeah, no... Like- that like superman lives movie yeah uh yeah like uh i don't think i don't think that wasn't even nicholas cage no it wasn't it very clearly wasn't yeah, and, yeah and then, it wasn't, like, wasn't nicholas cage and and then like annie machete like has the gall to just flat out lie to the flash fans and be like oh no we we actually like used very little cgi we actually um had Nicolas Cage do that. But, but like, you freeze frame, and he looks like a fucking, like, PlayStation 1 game. Yeah, and he also, and he also, and I'm pretty sure he also said that he meant to, like, make the CGI look bad just because. Bullshit. Yeah, yeah, just because, like, the Flash is meant to, like, it's meant to, like, look blurry and stupid because of the super speed. And I'm like. That doesn't make any sense. Exactly. It doesn't make (laughs) sense. I don't, I don't see any, like, plausible like reason behind like making bad cgi just because of it like if you want to <laughs> like if you want something that like if you want to watch something that has purpose that has purposefully bad cgi i would watch spy kids 3d game over or adventures of shark boy lava girl you know Child those look better movie. yeah 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 exactly those look those movies look way better to me you know if we're being honest and uh enough about the flash talk uh i have <laughs> I have like great personal news of my own. I am seeing, I am seeing Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part One pretty early. Hell yeah, dude! What the yeah. like? Yep, I am seeing it on Monday with my dad. It's going to be a nice son and father, 
it's gonna be a nice son and father type thing it's like uh it's one of those franchises that me and my dad bond over so yeah it's gonna be fun i rewatched fallout recently and like mm-hmm. even without like that like i'm like the t i watched it on the tv in my room and the tv in my room is like small as shit yeah. but even without like that kind of like imax screen and like mm-hmm. that kind of scope the movie holds up like it really does mm-hmm. like, like i have no idea how they crafted some of those action scenes like i was talking earlier about how like buster keaton was like the total madman of the 1920s i fully believe that tom cruise is this generation's like buster keaton jackie chan whatever buster keaton without the laughs i'll say that right yeah right 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 yeah exactly and uh and apparently uh dead reckoning parts one and two is not going to be the end of the mission impossible franchise they're apparently going to make more i don't know how to feel i call it what part one or part two what (laughs) i call it part one or part two uh (laughs) yeah yeah exactly why are you calling it part one or part two then like you're teasing it like 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 you teased this as, as a finale in the first place and you say like oh like you're just gonna make more movies like what, what the fuck dude like it's the same it's the same thing with like fast x apparently being a three-part trilogy or whatever like what I'm, like I'm so, never gonna... so, so, wait, wait, wait. so wait you say you're never gonna watch the fast movies that's okay uh, I've only seen Fast Five, and I feel like with Fast, Fast Five, Five is great. It's the best. Fast one. Five is a lot of fun, but I feel it like is. that's like the only movie I need to see because like that, <laughs> because like that movie was already stupid enough. So I'm just like, you know, how stupid? How more stupid can you get? Do you and apparently, that... even more. <laughs> yeah. Do you agree that Fallout is the best Mission Impossible movie? I have to rewatch all of them, but. I don't see anything top and fallout. I yeah. don't think it's I don't think yeah. it's like a perfect movie. No, no like, other movie like no other Mission Impossible movie like tops Fallout. I'll say that. But yeah. Uh I, okay. Okay, cool. I do think the beginning of Fallout is pretty goofy. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. The dream sequence is really kind of goofy. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh now we can move on to our top fives. Um I will go first. So like so like I'm sure yours is like a bit different than mine. So like these are like really popular choices I've picked. So um yeah. My number five is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Hell yeah, dude. Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't I wasn't too too big on Guardians 3, but I totally understand why everyone else loves it. I'm more of a Guardians 2 guy. Hey, I love Guardians 2 as well. Wait, I, I feel, I wait, feel wait, like wait. that movie. Oh, sorry. Do you okay? Best MCU movie though. Uh, Guardians two. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is it? Do you think it's the best MCU movie? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I like that John Griffin like also agree with this. You agree with this. It's 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 great. You know, like uh, like 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 not a lot of people like want to like want to like want to like have that conversation just because. Just because a lot of like MCU dick writers still think Avengers Infinity War is the best one, just because, just because, uh, oh my, just because, oh my god, these these superheroes were dusted. Oh my god, Thanos is this really great. Back. 
Exactly. They're going to come back. You think Spider-Man's going to be gone forever? I know for certain that that version of Gamora is gone forever. So, like... <laughs> Black Panther, legit, that same year had what what was, at that time, the highest grossing superhero opening weekend of all time. You really expect me to believe that Black Panther... It's just going to be killed off in Infinity War? No. No. <laughs> like we didn't we didn't know it at the time, but uh but when like uh but when Chadwick passed away, of course, like that's when that's when like the whole like exactly, original plan yeah. for T'Challa had to like be changed, which is unfortunate. But but again, Wakanda forever it's pretty good. You know, I'm not going to lie. And uh and as for like and as for Guardians 3 uh I had a I had a full like uh, discussion about it like on on the podcast with the with the buddy of mine Stockton, and uh and, and like we both pretty much come to the agreement that this is in fact the best like trilogy of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You know, like with the first movie, it has a really good origin on how these on how these outlaws come together. With the second movie, with the second movie, the outlaws are spread out and they're more developed that way. And of course, the visuals are so pretty. Kurt Russell is such an amazing, amazing villain. He's super good in that. And well, and of course, like and of course, the death of Yondu still breaks my heart every single the time. Death of Yondu, like, the reason why I love Guardians 2 so much and consider it the best MCU is because like the emotion feels genuine. It, it doesn't feel like, again, like fucking infinity war or end game for that matter just like trying to like smack you across the face trying to make you cry and, right and you know it's not subtle at all like with guardians 2 and even guardians 3 like the emotion feels earned like i feel like with guardians 2 i got to know these characters more and i got to yeah. fall in love with them more and in guardians 3 it's the, it's the exact same way but i i felt like two handled it better right because yeah. guardians 3 was more focused on rocket's backstory yeah. which is handled so well yeah and, like... and guardians 3 and 2 both have this like very good maturity to them i think yeah yeah and james gunn like specifically understands guardians of the galaxy more than anybody does because like exactly because he knows what Guardians of the Galaxy was before these, before this team was a thing, and like Marvel, like made like like Marvel Kevin Feige specifically, they made that like unanimous decision on letting James Gunn do his own thing, and 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 and, and, and it's almost like when James Gunn was doing these movies, he was almost like the second Kevin Feige because like he knows how to. Because he pretty much knows how to like craft a separate franchise of Guardians from Marvel, and like with like with this hero like primarily set in space, it was kind of its own Star Wars, which I like, and like, and like, if, and like, of course, like everybody in the Guardians is great. Like, of course, Dave Bautista as Drax the Destroyer is one of my favorite characters ever. <laughs> it's why I think Dave Bautista is a better actor than The Rock, and. Definitely. Yes, and um, and like um, I had a point, and like with Bradley, with Bradley Cooper as Rocket Raccoon, like it's like it's one of the many reasons why the Academy should have its own like vocal performances like category, yeah. you know. Yeah. And like now, now if it were me, like this year with the twenty twenty three Oscars, 
I would definitely put Bradley Cooper's name in there because he was really good in volume three. This was specifically his story. Just like with, with Guardians Volume One, it was it was Peter it was Peter Quill's story. With Peter with uh, with volume two, it was more like it was more like Yandu's story because in a way he was pretty much an honorary guardian. With volume three, this was like this was Rocket's story. I like that it was Rocket focused. It opened with Rocket with like Radiohead's creep acoustic version, and then <clears throat> and, and so Florence and, and yeah yeah and then like and and then like it pretty much like subverted our expectations, thinking like oh my god Rocket is going to die. He's going he's going to sacrifice himself, or like any other guardian is going to like sacrifice themselves. Like specifically, I thought Drax was going to like bite the dust because I like that too yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and like, and I still liked the like overall solution of Drax's like character arc, specifically how it ends, because like as Mantis said, you, as I know, Nebula says this: you weren't meant to be a destroyer, you were meant to be a dad. And I think that's like one of the most wholesome things, like, and especially, (laughs) yeah, yeah, and especially when like Groot says, "I love you guys." Oh god. And, and and yeah, as a whole, Guardians 3, it's such an emotional story. You're literally on the edge of your edge of your seat to see like the rest of the Guardians fight to save Rocket's life and to like and, and to stop this maniacal evil like galactic person who considers himself a god. Best MCU villain in a long time. Yeah, like, I like, think go like, as far to say he's probably better than Thanos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Screw off King the Conqueror. <laughs> Oh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, who's Kang the Conqueror? All I know is, like, uh, what's that guy? High Evolutionary. Yeah, uh, Chua, Chua, I can't, I can't pronounce the actor's name right now, but he's not great. No, no, not Chua Tachiofar. Uh, uh, although, <laughs> he would make a great villain if he, if he wasn't, if he wasn't Baron Mordo, but, but that's just me. <laughs> but he was great. He was so great. He was very, very good. Like, it being this like no conscious like evil person who was like who was mentally destroying himself to become Adele, to think that he could become better than everybody else to think to, to to make to make a society in his own image with the hate that he has with the species that he doesn't really like he's just like a heartless bastard like he, that's why he I like is. Him. Yeah, but like there's like no. I like that. Yeah, yeah. I like I like that he's so purely evil. We barely get that with these type of villains in movies nowadays. Like these days, you get like these days you get the type of villain, and 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 you see the reason why he's doing like all this bad stuff. Like oh, like he just he just wants he just wants this thing, you know. Like he just wants you think he just wants to be with his family again like no like like no sometimes we just want to watch people like let the world burn i don't know exactly Mm -hmm. you know it's like it's like what colin trevorrow said for jurassic world dominion the new dinosaur is like the oh joke my god he just wants to that watch the, the world burn that is that is the dumb that was the dumbest thing i've ever read from a director jesus fucking christ when i saw jurassic world dominion at an early screening with yeah, um john, yeah, john, john and sydney like, yeah, yeah. When, when, when the dinosaur that i presumed was the dino joker i actually yelled out society in the theater <laughs> <laughs> I said, "Society, Thor's Rex." 
<laughs> oh my god. Oh, it was great. I think it, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you pretty much made the theater experience of that god awful movie better, you know? Like there were so many points in that movie where I just wanted to walk out. We want to talk about bad summer blockbusters like Jurassic World Dominion's like near the top of that fucking list. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I pretty much went on a tirade when I did uh when I did top five summer blockbusters with John. And and, and 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 I spent pretty much most like like most of the episode like complaining about the movie. <laughs> Good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I hate that movie. I I I never want to see that again. But yeah. Uh. So, the, so yeah. Uh. What else? What, uh. No. Like I think I had a bunch of things I could say about Guardians uh, Three. Oh, I like the soundtrack. The soundtrack of Guardians Three was great. You know, like, yeah. and uh, I can't stop thinking about like the last like few words that like Peter and Gamora say to each other. When like Gamora says to him, "I bet we were fun," and then Peter says to, says to her, "Like you wouldn't believe." Oh, like it makes me, it makes me so emotional, and like I want to, and it's making me tear up again. I just I love those two so much. I think they're the best MCU exactly. couple ever. Like like okay like, okay like don't get me wrong. I love I love Wanda and Vision, but Peter and Gamora's like story is just so special and near and dear in my heart to me. You know, like it's I. I just want I, I wanted them to be happy. That's all I wanted. I feel like Peter and Gamora had more development than Wanda and Vision. Yeah, like, they did. Wanda and Vision, they just kind of randomly became a couple. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was random. Like that's <laughs> that was the thing, you know. But like later on, like you think, oh, okay, like these these people actually love each other. Okay, like I this it's all right. Okay, cool. Also Props to Guardians Three for having the first f bomb in a Marvel. Oh movie. yeah, oh, that, yeah. that was genuinely funny. Yeah, well, it was probably Chris Pratt's delivery of that line. What <laughs> was? Yeah, I don't that, know. Yeah, it's yeah, kind of jarring. He <laughs> was like, uh, "Press the button." Uh, it looks like pressing the keyhole. There's a button under the handle. Press that one. Okay, now what? Open the fucking door. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, and. You know, it, it was all all in a quest to save their best friend. Yeah. But I do have like something that I have like been complaining about in regards of mm-hmm. Guardians Three. Mm-hmm. Uh, like we're doing uh, okay. We we spoiled quite a bit already. That's okay. So That's all... <laughs> yeah. it's okay. It's been out for two months now. Exactly. Um, I feel like they should have killed off Peter. I, yeah, I feel like, like there's like, no surviving that. I'm, I mean, sure, but yeah, like he was almost to death. He almost died, but like, but like, but but I'm glad, but I'm glad that like he did survive because like then because then like he would have like reckoned, but because then like since like he did save the galaxy for like the third or fourth time, like he could be with his grandpa again, you know, which is nice. So. Yeah, I, I I like I like how they all get a happy ending. It's just yeah. like when Adam Warlock saves him, it was the goofiest thing ever. Like they oh, did yeah. the whole David thing. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like the whole Michelangelo. Michelangelo. Yeah, I thought that was yeah. I like admittedly, <laughs> admittedly, I thought that was corny, but it's it's one problem I have with it. It's one problem I have with it. But then again, it's it's great. I still love it. But yeah. Uh, what's your number five? <laughs> Okay, so when constructing my list, um, I 
league, I just want to say up front, I feel like so far this has been kind of a mid-year. Yeah. I feel like this has been kind of a bland year. But like when picking my number five, I was like torn between two movies. Mm-hmm. And watching my actual number five last night confirmed that it was my number five. And that is Past Lives. Oh, uh, I loved Past Lives. I watched it. I actually. loved it too. It was, I watched it, was it. Great. I've seen it three times by now. I watched it for the first time at the Boston Film Fest. And admittedly, I was very tired when um, watching that because, of course, like film festival drains drains all your energy. Mm-hmm. And I was also balancing work. Right. And it, so and also the movie started at like 930. Oh, and okay. the theater that I was at was like an hour drive from my home. Okay. And and with the Boston Film Fest, they like to start their movies like wicked fucking late. So the movie didn't end till like way after eleven. Okay. Anyway. So so I watched it again and again and I found it to be like it, it I, I feel like it's very refreshing to see a love story that plays out like this. Mm-hmm. Whereas like it's a love story where neither wait where both of them know that they cannot end up together because they're in such different parts of their lives. One of them is oh, married and the other is literally like across the world in another country doing its own thing. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, and they've had, like, this connection since childhood, but it was, it was then where they had to learn, like, if you truly loved each other, you kind of got to let, let them go because they're both in completely different um, worlds at this point. And for that, I found the ending to be very heartbreaking. And I feel like the ending is kind of what makes the movie become like a four and a half out of five to like what in my eyes is like a five out of five. And of course, and of course the performances are all pretty stellar. I, I feel like Greta Lee does deserve all the praise, but I, I feel like John Magaro should be getting just as much praise if I'm yeah. being honest. As yeah, I really her. liked him in that movie. I, I've always thought he was very underrated. Um to those of you listening, um I'm I'm a very um indie art house kind of movie goer. Mm-hmm. Like those are my kind of movies. So like I know I, I've been following John McGarrow for a while now. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it was just really great to see him portray this very wholesome man who i'm rooting for every single step of the way and i i feel like it is also so refreshing for him to have this kind of sense of understanding with his wife because if this were like a normal romance there'd be this like big blow blowout argument going like i don't like how you're talking to this guy when you're married to me you know what i mean yeah, and, like he's not 
yeah, like he's not one of those like selfish like married men who like like who has a problem with their wife talking to other people. Like I like that he's a very like understanding and like caring husband who respects her wife's like 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 who respects his wife's decisions, which uh which I like a lot. And and I like that like and, and I like that both that 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 both of these men like have like a clear understanding with each other when they meet for the first time because like he knows that like she doesn't really like like uh what's his name uh he'll uh I'm supposed to call him like Hyung that way and um I thought and I like and, and and I like that these two people like got to like spend time with one another just reconnecting not necessarily in a romantic sense but just like reminiscing on their well past lives and like what 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 really could have been if like um if if Nora stayed in Seoul like and and this like brings me to my point on exactly why I love past lives um I like that it is one of those movies where it really does ask these philosophical questions on 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 what would you do if you stayed what would happen like what what would happen if I had done things differently would I still what like would I still have the same career that I pursued when I'm not in Seoul, or like, or like would, or like would I, or like would I go, or like would I do this? Would I do that? And it really like speaks a lot to like post to to pretty much how we pretty much think like post COVID, in which like if if we didn't like really experience a pandemic. Like, would we have like stayed in the same place, in the same place that we've known for so long? Like, uh, would I still have the same friends? Would I still like a, uh, like a, uh, would I still have, like a, uh, would uh, would the uh, would would things still be different if COVID did happen? And I'm sure, I'm sure it did. But like, but but, but of course, like, but of course, like the pandemic changed, like like unfortunately trajectorize our lives in a big way and like but whether we like it or not we have become better people because of it um like i like really connected with this movie quite a lot like in two ways one because i also had a friend who i liked in elementary school and we were like really like good friends and like after like fifth grade we like we never really saw each other again which 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 devastated me like we barely like we barely stayed in contact but i know like a few of her friends so and like and i and i know a few of her friends and like and i would like and i would see on social media the life that like she's living now which is great you know like the like it's like it's as it's as nora says in the movie like something like the like the girl that you know like the girl that you used to know has left but that doesn't mean that she wasn't real exactly and and i feel like that's something that like i personally need to hear and what a lot of people actually need to hear and i feel like that's what makes this movie really so powerful it's yeah. just like anybody can relate to it right yeah and, and like and like uh, it's like experience but mm -hmm. you can relate to 
just just that kind of like desire right you know yeah I mean? right right yeah i get yeah i get what you mean and the second way was that i used to go to nassau community college and I was part of uh and 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 I was part of this really fun club called Nessa Concerts, and I had all of these great friends. And like, of course, when the pandemic hit, like we all we all did, like we all did stay connected, and we still and we still had classes through Zoom. And when the semester was was over, like uh, we all pretty much stayed in touch through Discord. But then like, but then like everybody had their own thing going on. Uh, like. Like like one friend I know has like a semi successful like TikTok career. Uh, <laughs> like one of my one of my best friends now lives in Florida. Now lives in Florida, and um, and like a friend of mine is like, and I think like, and two of my friends are still on Long Island and like, and have a career of their own, which is great. But yeah, and and since then I, I I moved upstate and went to a completely different community college that I did not like at all and i still had and, and at that time i still had a passion for movie making i i took a i took a video filmmaking class back in like back in like i want to say 2018 and and there were these other great friends i had and, and i just knew that and i just knew and i pretty much and I pretty much just knew that i was going to like make a lot of connections to be a potential filmmaker of course that never happened but when i did move but but when I did move upstate, I I wasn't I didn't really like the classes that I took, and 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 they didn't really like get me anywhere. So and like and I jumped at the opportunity to move upstate and transfer to Uomini, and that, and 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 I switched my major to journalism with a minor in film studies. And, and I realized to myself, I really do love film that I like talking about it. So that's what I'm doing right now. Like now I'm this like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Now I'm this like film critic that I'm now aspiring to be. So and and, and all I could say is I'm happy where I am, really. So, yeah, man, if you ask me, you're a pretty great critic. Thanks. Uh, Thank you, AJ. I really, <laughs> really do appreciate that. You know, like like I really am appreciating the feedback that I've been getting since being on Letterboxd and making all these great friends through 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 Instagram and Letterboxd. So yeah. And for those listening, thank you. Thank you. We love you. Thank thank you. I'm glad to be your movie guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah. And uh it's getting a bit dim in my room. So I'm just gonna turn the lights on real quick. You're right ahead. Welcome back. <laughs> You want to get going to your number four? Yes, yes, I do. Uh, my num- my number four is John Wick Chapter Four. Woo! Yeah, I love love John Wick that, Chapter Four. I also discussed. I also discussed this movie with John Griffin, which you could listen to as we talk about our top five action movies. Shout out to John Boy. Yeah, John Wick Four, like. Like the definition of insanity, right it, there. It really uh-huh. is three hours uh-huh. of insanity and beautiful cinematography with exceptional like ensemble of villains. Like you have Donnie Yen playing a badass blind man, like pretty much like the same character that he plays in Rogue One: Star Wars Story. You have Hero, you yeah, like you have yeah, Bill Skarsgård playing like the cheekiest like motherfucker you'll ever see, and exactly. um, and uh, you have uh. 
and Shamir Anderson, who is like the tracker guy with the dog, he was like I, like he was one of my favorite parts of the movie, and I'm really excited to see more of him. Isn't he getting his own spinoff movie? I hope so. I I I, 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 really heard hope it. So. I, I want to see I, more of that guy. I haven't heard anything about it, and apparently they're making a John Wick five, even though spoiler alert, uh, John Wick John Wick is dead. You know, I keep milking that for all that it's worth. I hope they don't ruin it. Yeah, uh, like like like, like like the fifth installment is gonna be is gonna be a Doom style movie where like John is like fighting a bunch of demons. <laughs> no, no. How about this? He's actually in heaven. But his wife is actually in hell for some reason. So he has to fight God in order to get to hell to bring back his wife in order for both of them to be resurrected. Oh, kind of like Oh, oh yeah, kind of like a kind of like a God of War Mission Impossible 3 type deal. Sure. <laughs> I you, just want to see Keanu Reeves fight God. Like for context, in Mission Impossible 3, like Ethan Hunt is married, it's like married in the movie. And like he also has to like fight Philip Seymour Hoffman, who is like who is like who who no joke, he is like the best villain of Mission Impo- of the Mission Impossible series. He's so menacing in that movie. But Philip but Seymour. but yeah yeah yeah. But uh but that's besides the point. John Wick Four is an ex- is an exceptional fucking action masterpiece of a movie. Even if you think it's a bit long, like there are there are action sequences of the movie of this movie that last for 30 minutes. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure the Osaka sequence lasted for like 45 minutes. Like this movie had a had a sword fight between Hiroyuki Sonata and Johnny Yen. That's so perfect to me. The the reason why it like it's in my top ten and not in like in not in my top five and yeah. like kind of what holds it back from being like a five out of five is that I do think that the first like the first half hour is a bit dull for my taste, but like once it gets going, like I could not fucking stop looking at it. Like the whole the sequence at the um was it the Arc de Triomphe? Yeah, yeah, the Arc de Triomphe. The rotary. Yeah. That's yeah. like one of the best fucking action set pieces, every, action sequences I've ever seen in my life. Every like, every action sequence is the best in that movie. <laughs> I know, but 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 for me, that was the one that stood out the most because I don't think I've ever yelled holy shit ow <laughs> that much in my life. Like, ooh. Like how uh yeah, John gets audience like- members do. John gets like incredibly hurt in this movie. He's like he uh, he's ass kicked, and I he love gets, it. Like like he gets fallen off a building and he just shrugs it off. It gets hit by a like like gets hit by a car. He shrugs it off. Falls down falls <laughs> down three three sets of stairs and shrugs it off and tries again. That that was like brutal. The skit like the fucking stairs stunt like that's. The main reason why there needs to be a best stunt work category at the Oscars. There has to be, like, of course, like, that, of, like, of course, it has to. Yeah, of course, there has to be a best like stunt work at the Oscars, like vocal, like, like vocal performances and stunt work. You know, let's Definitely. let's advocate for that. You know, like, and... I'm starting the petition right now. Yay! Okay, yeah, <laughs> that's Charlie. yeah. John Wick Chapter Four is amazing. I want to watch it. And you know what? I'm going to watch it again pretty soon. What's your number four? My number four, and I know for a fact this is in your top five, 
it was my number one for a while. Matt Johnson's Blackberry. Yeah. I Another... Okay, this this movie was my number one for a while. Like, pretty much, like, me... Like, I'm pretty sure you, me, and AJ had, like, the same top threes in terms mean, of, like... Bond? Yeah, 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 yeah. We both... Yeah, yeah, we both... Yeah, yeah, we all had Blackberry at number one for some reason because, like, because, like, oh, okay, like, you, you guys liked that movie that much. And... I didn't think I was going to love it that much. Like, I put it at number one. Like, it's like... The thing is, like... Like, like a lot of people, like, make the comparison that if, like, if The Office was, like, a... Was, like, an... Like, if somebody made, like, an extended version of The Office, but it's, like, more intense. I look at it as if The Social Network was directed by the Safties. That makes sense. I I was going to say, like, I'm a fan of Matt Johnson's work. Like, Nirvana, the band, the show is, like, one of the funniest fucking things I've ever seen in my life. Check it out. Nirvana, Uh, the band, the show? Nirvana, the band, the show. Like, like, um, you know, Nirvana. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. Of course, of course, I know what Nirvana is. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Um, It's okay. Yeah. And and so, like, I kind of went into this expecting it to be, like, a flat out comedy. But, like, Matt Johnson's script is so sharp, and it's, like, very, very intense and to the point. Like, a lot of this movie is just, like, people screaming at each other. But it works so well because, like, it adds so much to, like, what the like what the movie's message is and what it's trying to convey. Like, there wasn't a single sequence in this movie in which I just thought, this is too boring. Yeah, I wasn't, I was not bored with it at all. I was pretty much engaged with, like, with, like, with this, like, with this corporation thinking that they're going to, like, make, like, this, like, innovative, like, device that's going to change the world. When really, like, the following year, like, Steve Jobs, like, uh, comes in comes into the picture and presents something that's that's going to blow the blackberry out of the water and 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 it's how it pretty much became that phone you had like i remember i remember that my mom had had a blackberry one time so like so like pretty much everybody had the blackberry my mom did so so i pretty much like connected with it because like i pretty much grew up in the age when like the blackberry was a thing and then and then of course like my dad got the ipod and that is how and 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 from that point forward, we all pretty much became like an Apple family. Exactly, and and, and I love this like angle of instead of like looking at this business that tried and immediately succeeded, like everything was fine in the end. No, this is a business that failed, that failed completely miserably because like it was following like the two worst businessmen of all time. They were not prepared for anything especially glenn howerton's oh my god he just wanted that ego trip he didn't he like he didn't know anything about like all the tech stuff he had unrealistic expectations like and it, it was just and that's what made these characters like so interesting for me and of course we gotta talk about jay baruchel and glenn howerton the latter of which, Glenn Howerton, I just read this today. They are actually talking about his Oscar consideration. Oh my as supporting God. actor. Um Oscar nominee Glenn Howerton just sounds so, so when is this so right? Oh my God. 
So when is this episode of Always Sunny gonna drop called like the gang goes to the Oscars or <laughs> <laughs> that would be so great. Or at least like or at least like there should be an episode called The Gang Finally Gets an Award. Because like if you remember that episode where like they all talk about oh like oh like our bar never never wins an award. We gotta try to win an award. <laughs> no, it it's like they announced somebody else as the winner for best supporting actor and then like and then like D comes out and like tackles the guy to the ground so Glenn can go off there to get it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no. like, for oh, real... D! oh, D, you bitch, let's get the Oscar, let's get out of here. Ah. <laughs> if I don't win the Oscar, like... oh. I'm a uh, five star yeah. man. <laughs> I was kind of, I was gonna, make whole, like, yeah, the dogs come out. Bitch. <laughs> I was gonna make a whole like, yeah, but all the small you bitch joke, but then like, <laughs> I completely lost my train of thought. But but anyway, like kind of getting back on track, like I I fully believe Glenn Howerton should get award recognition. I I fully one hundred percent believe that Glenn Howerton should be recognized by the Academy because he is so fucking fierce in this movie. Like, really, like there really there were. There are points in the movie, and I, I don't know if this is stretching it a bit or not. There are points in the points in the movie where he reminded me of J.K. Simmons and Whiplash. Uh, yeah, like that's he, a bit. Uh, I would say I would say Michael Ironson was more like J.K. Simmons just because of how like fierce he was, like fierce he was in the room, being this like authoritative like figure type deal. But 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 wasn't really that strict. Also, like speaking of Michael Ironside, I'm really glad to like to see him in this movie because I haven't like my first time ever seeing him. <laughs> Wait, okay. Michael so you should know that Michael Ironside is like a really well known character actor. He has appeared in like he has appeared in mainly like action movies from like the eighties and nineties. Like 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 specifically like like specifically, he collaborated with uh, Paul Verhoeven and appeared in most of his movies. Like, uh, like, uh, like I think he was in RoboCop. I want to say he was in RoboCop, but I, but I really liked him in Total Recall and Starship Troopers. I haven't seen either. I know I should. What? I should, I should get on that. I know, like, but you've seen RoboCop, right? After, your audience is coming after me right now. I'm sorry. You've seen, I, like, you've those, seen RoboCop though, movies? right? You've seen RoboCop though, right? You've seen RoboCop. Oh, yeah. though, I've, right? seen Ro- I've seen RoboCop. Yes. Great. Right. Okay. Yeah. And Total Recall though is great. You know, like if you like Total Recall is great. Like me being like the Arnie, the, the like like me being the kind of Arnold Schwarzenegger diehard that I am. I love this movie, and I really really like Starship Troopers. Like it's such a great movie. I think you, I, I think you should watch that. It's great. Yeah, and, and and like that that's another thing. Like Matt Johnson also took advantage to like show his like nerdy film side, like his film nerd side. Yeah. <laughs> oh just, yeah, like, like with added the, with in the... so many references, as many references as he could. And a lot of it is really fucking hilarious. Yeah, like what is the what is the quote that he says that he says in the movie? Uh like what does he say? Okay, uh a movie of choice, Army of Darkness or whatever, which was great. <laughs> And and then like one of my favorite and and I mentioned this in um the recent middle section episode I did with uh Rares of the Lost Ark. Oh yeah, yeah. I I mentioned that like one of my hardest laughs in the movie is when like um at the very beginning they didn't sell the phone, so they come back 
and he like was trying so hard not to downplay it so much. So he goes like, yeah, we didn't sell the phone. Okay, so what's the good news? Movie night, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Steven Spielberg, Letterbox, <laughs> and then yeah. it's just funny. <laughs> oh my god, I love oh, it. Oh yeah, so. that's that's what he says. That's the quote that I'm thinking about. I thought I thought for sure that I thought for sure it was Army of Darkness, but yeah, Raiders. <laughs> Definitely Raiders. Okay. And we can't leave out Jay Baruchel. I think this is his best performance. Yes, it is. I really, I really love Jay, Bar- Jay, Jay Baruchel in this movie. I thought he was great too. Like super good in that movie. I thought he was great. Yeah. So what? What's your uh, nombre toi? Uh, my, uh, yeah. Uh, also, you should know. Also, you should know that uh, Blackberry is my number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You should know that Blackberry is my number three. So. Oh, go. Yeah, you yeah. Add Blackberry. Hmm? You want to add the Blackberry? Yeah, I do. Like, like, like Blackberry is my number three. John Wick is my four, and John Wick is my five. So you're number three. Oh, did you want to add anything to Blackberry? No, 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 I didn't. Not I, I didn't. Like everything that you've said is great. So like, could have said it better myself. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, my number three, and I had thought a lot about this. I've seen this four times already. It is from my favorite director, Wes Anderson, Asteroid City. Oh, I really, I really liked Asteroid City. I really liked it. Uh, like I've seen, I've seen six of Wes Anderson's work, but I really, really did enjoy Asteroid City for what it was. I really, really liked it. I was gonna like Asteroid City regardless. I thought so, but but like when I first saw it, I I was kind of like, oh, is this? Is this not going to be one of his best movies? Like I was kind of hyping myself up to be. I guess they can't be all masterpieces. But then we got it at my theater, and I started watching it from there. I had seen it three more times since then, and everything just kind of started clicking with me. Not only do I think this is one of Wes's best-looking movies, not his best-looking movie, but definitely one of the best because you know Grand Budapest exists. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Uh between and uh, fantastic for me, yeah, yeah, for me like between like like for me for what my for what my favorite west film is, it's between Fantastic Mr. Fox and Grand Budapest Hotel. Well, my favorite West Anderson movie is also my second favorite movie of all time and that's Life Aquatic with Steve Sisu. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. I'm aware that that's your second favorite movie, yeah. Which is which is apparently a hot take, but that that's a that's yeah. an episode for another day. Yeah, um, yeah. A lot of a lot of people love Life Aquatic. You know, like I, I mean, like I like the movie as well. So yeah, uh, I was really I was really confused about the whole like meta play aspect a bit at first though, but then like when you get to like the third act, like the play and the main story like do connect in a really really good way. Like so, um, so like should we should we spoil Asteroid City? Or what do you say? Yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, to those, spoiler alert right yeah, now. yeah. To those, to those who have not seen Asteroid City, you could like skip like I don't know, like thirty minutes or twenty. Like, you could skip like thirty minutes of it until we stop talking about it or whatever. But yeah. So Ash. So here we go. In three, two, one. So Astro. So the plot of Asteroid City is pretty much a play. 
and like the characters that you see are played by these actors right yep. and um it's like a play within a play within a play yeah like yeah exactly like like yeah a play within a play and like you see these people like try to act it out but it's also like a, but 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 it's also this play trying to like be this trying to be the astrid city that they want it to be and like there's a moment between and essentially like margot robbie's like secret role is actually an actress and she was going to be jason schwartzman's dead wife yeah and yes and no she does not play the alien the alien was actually played by jeff goldblum who was yeah, an actor enough. playing the alien and that and i thought that was great that was that, that was such that, a that was the funniest scene in the movie <laughs> and of that, course, that's the most yeah. wes anderson looking alien i've ever seen <laughs> yeah and of course and of course like the way that the alien acted when he, when he was like trying to like take the crater was of course like when of course exact what was of course exactly how jeff goldblum would act in stealing that thing but like the way that the the, the the way the how like the alien arrives and everybody was in quarantine feels i don't know pretty re- pretty reminiscent of the recent times that we've been having we've been having you know and like just when you think like the quarantine is lifted like the court is lifted the quarantine was like unlifted again like in terms of like how like it was like recently in terms of like lifting quarantines and such but yeah uh i, I feel like this is wes's most Aside from like Steve Sisu or even Fantastic Mr. Fox, I feel like this is his most human movie, if I do say so myself. Like, I feel like we're really like going through these traumas and this and these kinds of grief with these characters. And I've really grown to love them. And that's why I feel like by the end of the movie, like the whole the themes and the message of the movie like really does hit me hard emotionally. Like the whole, you can't wake up if you don't fall asleep. Yeah. I, I, I kind of see that as like, you won't be able to find yourself unless you've spent like a portion of your life just relaxing, Mm -hmm. just knowing when to chill out and like, think about what you want out of your life you can't wake up if you don't fall asleep good point there good point yeah yeah good point there aj uh i have asteroid city at a 4.5 out of 5 but but upon re- but upon rewatch they'll definitely be a five you know yeah, now that yeah, you, yeah yeah now that you've said your point also also did you think that you find it weird that like maya hawk was playing like a teacher from sunday school even though maya hawk is clearly a bisexual lady in real life Maya Hawk, I actually thought was a scene stealer, if I'm being honest. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I I, I, I love Maya Hawk too. I thought I, I thought she stole that scene as well. But, I think but, like yeah, she probably just wanted to work with Wes. She yeah. probably wanted that opportunity. Dude, any any person in Hollywood would work in Wes Anderson like in a heartbeat. You know, like, he's become I, a household name at this point. Yeah, like we we have we have the movie at my theater, and the customers like to ask if I've seen the movie you know just kind of have like casual conversation right and then uh, and then i'll say like do you know the filmmaker wes anderson yes i love his movies and that that happens more often than not like i i think like i think like out of all the customers i've had in my theater only like two people have not heard of wes anderson 
So that that kind of goes to show like what kind of an impact his movies have had on others. And I truly think that there's nobody out there making movies like he does. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like it's such an impact that these movies are pretty much a genre in and of itself. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And, and again, people are going to complain that, Oh, this is how he makes movies. That's just his style for everything. First off, shut the fuck up. Second (laughs) off, like he justifies it with every single one of his movies. Mm -hmm. There's a, always a justification for that and that's why i love every single one of them and for those who say that his movies are are like not even movies anymore he just does the same style all the time you can go fuck yourself all right that's what that that's the whole that's the whole point of what an alt tour is their style is their, their style is in every movie their themes are in every movie like that's that's the whole point on I, that's literally the whole point of what they do. Look at Wonka Way. Look at Hao Miyazaki. Look at Wes Anderson. Look at I, I uh, look at Park Chan Wook. What? I was thinking more so like Christopher Nolan and Edgar Wright. Like they like they use the same style for all their movies, but like I never see anybody complaining about that. Mm-hmm. Edgar Wright having like that really fast-paced, energetic style to all his movies, and Christopher Nolan being like overly weird and confusing that mm-hmm. kind of style yeah 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 pretty but much I, I don't know why wes is a whipping mule here yeah yeah like yeah like what's, yeah what's with the west hate guys stop it <laughs> okay okay uh so that's so we shared our number threes uh my number two is um i always like it is like pretty much one of my favorite new movies of all time. My uh, one of my current hyper fixations ever. Um, and um, and and to anybody who listens to my podcast, I apologize for the person that I have become in terms of being obsessed with this movie, Spider Man Across the Spider Verse. Hell yeah, dude! Hell I, yeah, I've that, seen, that's my number six. But I've definitely. seen this movie three fucking times. I. I I I adore this movie so much. I adored the first it, I adored Into the Spider-Verse quite a lot, but there's something truly special about Across the Spider-Verse that elevates it to being it's better. Insane. It's absolutely fucking insane. It like, is like, so insane. And I also like and I also have like a separate film discussion also that I also with Stockton which you should also listen to and the thing about Across the Spider-Verse that makes it so special is that it's a different kind of animated movie than, than we're used to seeing. Like these days, like these days now, like the bar has been set so high in terms of the animation format in which like now we prefer like stylized and over the top and experimental like animated features like Spider-Verse. Like it's blend of like 2D and 3D animation is like kind of the norm now. We see that with Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. We see that with Spider-Verse. And now we see that with the upcoming Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. Exactly, which I think is going to kick ass. <laughs> I think it's going to kick ass too, mainly because like these turtles are are actually voiced by kids. as a great it's... cast, and and the art style is just amazing. Even my mom thinks so. So, uh, but but anyway, there like just the way that this movie like prom like like held up its promise on being a Miles and Gwen story is just absolutely amazing. It starts with Gwen. 
and it sort of ends with Gen. And it sort of ends with Gwen. It also starts with Miles, and it ends with Miles on on a bit of a cliffhanger. And like the the animation art style is so insane. It blends comic book art style with like with like um with with painting art style and with painting art style in different types of animation formats as well, making it such a unique like living painting of its own. And um. Like and they were sorry, go on. Yeah, and, and and I really I really love that the main villain of this movie, the spot, came from a joke villain to being a serious problem in this movie. Like, do take it so personally by being called by being called the villain of the week and, and being hit by a bagel that he decided to become a villain. <laughs> oh my god. And and the thing about and the thing about and the thing about multiverse movies nowadays, they all start with the bagel. Why does it always start with the bagel? I don't like, know, I don't oh, know oh, man. You That's... got everything everywhere doing that, and now Spider Verse. Yeah, Spider Verse. And also, we got to mention how he's Jason Schwartzman. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh my God, this is this is not become... just talked about. Yeah, 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 yeah. This has become full school school. Like Jason Schwartzman was in Asteroid City, but Jason Schwartzman was in Spider Verse, and then he became, and then he was in Asteroid City. Like June has become such an insane month for this guy. It's so great, and now, like. Like I know that you say, like I know that you say, like that that the majority of people like know who Wes Anderson is, but I don't think a lot of people know who Jason Schwartzman is. He's I don't one think of my favorite actors, like yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he, 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 yeah, he has now become one of my favorite actors too. Like after watching Rushmore, which I really like, but like oh, yeah. I think a lot of people are going to like know who Jason Schwartzman is after 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 watching Spider Verse two because like he really does bring that comedic and menacing charm to it like he's cracking a joke one minute and then and, and then the next he's like he like like he's shattering the multiverse it's exactly. so it's so fucking insane and i really really i really love the supporting characters of this movie of course like peter b peter p parker like who like peter b parker voiced by voiced by uh like uh like like voiced by jake johnson makes a comeback and then you have and then you have new supporting characters who I who I love dearly. Um Pavita Pavaka, who is um who is Spider-Man India, and motherfucking Hobie Brown, aka Spider-Punk, Spider the end the motherfucking MVP of this movie. Oh my god, I love this man to death. I want to be him so bad. He's so cool. I I I I really I really love his like I I I really love his taking no shit like against the authority attitude that I really love that I really love. Oh my god, my, it, it, man, know, like Miles, my guy. <laughs> people say that the Sex Pistols define punk. Motherfucker, Spider Punk is the Sex Pistol. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, <laughs> yeah. I hate like, the AM. I hate the PM. Don't call myself a hero because call yourself a hero is. It's establishment, like it's establishment defined, a, a defining term or whatever he says. And another quote that I really love that goes so hard: "Taking a crap on the establishment, I salute you." What that no, that he says? Not. Yeah, yeah. That he says to May Parker. And oh my God, I haven't even talked about May Parker. May Parker is such the is is the cutest animated baby I've ever seen. So exactly. cute. Oh my, and and there, of course. There were... 
And of course, we got to talk about Miguel O'Hara, who was voiced to perfection by Oscar Isaac. I thought he was great. Perfect casting, by the way. Such perfect casting. Out of all like the Marvel roles that he's played with Apocalypse and X-Men and uh, and uh, Mark Spector and Moon Knight, Miguel O'Hara is like his best Marvel role that he's ever done in his life. Oh, my God. He's he's so great. And uh and, and like the whole third act of, of of Miles trying to escape, like like Nueva York is great, and you, and of course you have that cliffhanger when you realize that oh my god, like Miles is in the wrong universe, like like the blood, like like the spider bat that bit him wasn't from his universe, it was from that it was from no that spider was from another universe and was and was supposed to bite that other version of Miles. So he went back to the universe that that spider was from, and he encounters another version of Miles, who is the Prowler. There, like I've thought a lot about this. I, I, I have really thought a lot about this because this is a pretty big statement to make. Mm-hmm. I think Across the Spider Verse has the best ending at least top three that I've seen for an animated movie. Yeah, because like you don't really you don't really get animated movies that really end on a cliffhanger, I don't think, or at least like major ones, like especially movies that are at least like or, or especially like an animated movie that is at least two hours and sixteen minutes long, the first of its kind. And like and like and, and I see a lot of people like compare it to the Matrix Reloaded, in which like it is in fact the second movie of like of a trilogy in which it like leads to like another like third movie that's going to be a big that's going to be a big finisher and and you have like Miguel O'Hara like essentially being this like be like being like the architect in which like he explains like how like how the Spider-Verse works in terms of like how the architect explains like explains like this like mumbo jumbo about how the Matrix actually works it, it, it it's like legitimately legitimately insane to me that like somebody actually thought of that and and that that to me is like the power of movies <laughs> as, as cheesy as that sounds like somebody like thought of that ending and just wrote it down mm-hmm. and i i know i sound i probably sound dumb to the listener but like Wow. If you've seen Across the Spider-Verse, like, you know exactly what I mean. I don't think I've ever been that on the edge of my seat in a long, long time. Like, it's with that good. third act for a movie. It, it, it's legitimately perfect. Like, the stakes are perfect. The reveal is perfect. The music accompanying it is oh, yeah. perfection. I still listen to the last track. Of the um, Sp- across the Spider Verse. Oh, like, me too, me too, album. me too. Yeah, uh, I still listen to that just to get myself pumped up because it it goes so fucking hard. It really does. I think I think and thankfully the movie, the rest I of the think, movie. Yeah, pretty up. much. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. This movie like solidified like Daniel Pepperton as one of my favorite composers ever. Oh yeah, dude. Like, like in terms of the, like the last track that like pretty much like mixes like. That, that that mixes like Miles theme with the Prowler theme and with like Gwen's and and with like the punk style of like the drums and the guitar like all meshing together into this like in, in, into this crescendo of a track and it's and, and that's really impressive to me and of course like 
and of course, like we got to talk about. Uh, I had a, I had another point about this. Like the album is great. Like the Metro Boomin like soundtrack is so great. I still listen to, I still listen to Mona Lisa. Uh, I still listen. I still listen to Mona Lisa. Self love and Am I Dreaming to this day? Um, and also, uh, it sucks that the animators were treated like shit. But hey, still yep. a great movie. I'll I'll, I'll wait for Beyond the Spider Verse. Yeah, me too. It. I can wait. Uh, yeah, not to like. Don't... Not to like sound like a bit of a Debbie Dunner. I don't really care that Beyond the Spider Verse ever comes out. I just want these animators to be treated fairly. I agree. I I one hundred percent agree. I I'll take no movie at all if it meant like these animators will be treated fair, treated fairly, give reasonable hours, give reasonable deadlines. And I know, and, and I know that Beyond the Spider Verse is going to be pushed out because one insider said that it's not going to make its March twenty twenty four release date. And Haley Steinfeld even said that she hasn't even started recording yet. Absolutely not. Like, like there, there's no, there's no universe in which Beyond the Spider Verse reaches its March 2024 date. And and I feel like it's because they were too busy working on across the Spider Verse in order mm-hmm. to do that. Because like they even said it took them like three years to just design Spider Punk. Yeah. Like, like, kudos to those animators. Like, there are so many points in the movie where I just thought to myself, this is probably the best animation I've ever seen in a movie. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Like, uh, the most dynamic and, and spectacularly animated movie we'll ever get in our lifetime. Exactly. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, that's, that's my number two. What's your number two? Okay, so a bit of a controversial pick. Okay. And cool. uh, y'all know me again as this art house indie boy. And when this movie came out, a lot of people were trashing it, but also a lot of people loved it to pieces. And of course, I was the latter. Ari Aster's bow is afraid mm. is my number two. I had I had to think about it. And I have to rewatch, and yeah, I really do love it that much. Uh, okay, cool, cool. I respect it. I respect it. Uh, yeah, I, I thought understand. it was. I, 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 thought it was okay. I thought it was okay. I, mm. I don't know. I, I wish. I really wish I loved it more. But like, the first act of like the movie was great. It was all great. But then, like, as it like hit, it's like I, I don't know. Like as I got to like the second or third act, I was completely lost i didn't know i i didn't i didn't really know where the hell this movie was even going like is like is Bo even like like is Bo even like this bow like ever like I don't, I don't know like i was i was just so confused with this movie so like and i it still and i still and i still like can't really wrap my head around its ending so like does Bo like get his comeuppance when he's like judged and humiliated by everybody, or does like that's does, what I think, yeah, yeah, and or or is like Bo's like is Bo's mother like alive or is he just like imagining her, and uh, and also Parker Posey's role in this movie was completely wasted. She deserves better. I thought she did great, man. I honestly thought she did great, and I thought that scene with her was so so good. Um, but the reason why I, I I could go on for hours about like she appeared just to die. That's how I see it. (laughs) 
I could go for hours on what I think the movie means and and um honestly like this might be my favorite aster. <laughs> I know that's a hot take because we got hereditary and Midsommar, both fucking amazing ten out of ten movies. Midsummer's but, my favorite. Um I think if I were to go in order, I'd pick Bo, Hereditary, Midsommar. But again, all amazing movies. The guy has a perfect track record in my eyes. But yeah. like the thing to point out is that this is a movie about anxiety from the point of view of anxiety. Like it's from it's a point of view of like everybody just literally out to get you. Like every single waking solitary moment is complete hell. Like even getting out to get yourself a drink of water is an impossible task. It is hell. Like, like even trying to communicate with people is an impossible task. And being put in these situations that you did not want to be put in to begin with, again, for you, it is hell. And that's how I kind of see the movie. And I also see it as like Ari Aster does not give a single shit if people like his movies or not. <laughs> I, I I love and I, I love a director who's who's just like always completely unhinged. Like the dude clearly has a lot of problems and clearly mommy issues. <laughs> but like I don't care. I'll I'll play therapist with this guy. <laughs> like like if it means he'll give us more compelling pieces of art like Ball was to me. Like the entire third act of this movie is one of the most batshit things I've ever seen in any movie. And somehow it like that's what left me the most horrified. And also like the movie is also just so fucking hilarious. Like I, yeah, I love it when people say like, "Oh, I'm laughing at Ari Aster." It's just like you do realize that he's that he kind of loves that, right? <laughs> he he kind of loves that you laugh at his movies, and okay. I I was la like I was laughing at the moments that were intended to be funny, and also moments that weren't probably, sorry, probably weren't intended to be funny. But again, like those didn't bother me. Okay. Like, th this movie, for me, gave to me like what Mahalan Drive like made me feel, and that is it, it put me into a complete nightmare that actually felt like I was in a nightmare. Like that, like especially that whole set piece of his mother's house that mansion that's completely like in the middle of the woods completely just dark like i have no idea why but like that's like one of the most haunting images to me and it might be because like when i was in college i had a friend who did actually have have like a mansion in the dark like well mansion in the woods sorry okay yeah and um he, he just it was his parents mansion and okay. i always got a creepy feeling in that mansion whenever it was dark because most of the time his parents would not be home 
it would just be like me and our group of friends but i digress right yeah um Uh-oh. i don't know like i respect what ariaster like made with bo is afraid and i'm glad that he like put that out there and such but i don't know like 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 part of me like like it i totally get it yeah 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 like part of me like 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 yeah I, yeah yeah thanks and like i do want to like revisit it again and yeah. like for and to form and to form a second opinion on it, but uh, but yeah, like, well, like the pros that I have for it, Walking Phoenix is great. The direction and cinematography, it's all really gorgeous. But did it really need to be three hours long? Did you? I didn't feel it. I honest to God didn't feel it. I was I, engaged all the way I through. I I pretty much felt it a little bit, just a little bit, you know. And I thought. Yeah. And I thought, like when when Bo was at the house, I was like, oh, okay, like it's it's gonna come to the, it's gonna come to a close. All right, cool. Like he made it, like like he made yeah, it to I, the I funeral. Did. It was great. But then, oh my god, his mother's alive, and I was like, what the fuck? Like what? And then like, I, I feel like it should have ended with him on the raft. Like that that's my one complaint. It should have ended with him on the raft. Right. Ah. Uh, Ah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, pretty been, like the whole trial thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Which I and, do want, but yeah. And um, there's another, isn't there's another pro I have with it. Uh, I don't. Oh, and uh, the actress who plays the mother, she was great. Uh, love her, Patty Lupone. I really Patty loved Lupone. Patty Lupone in this movie. I thought she was great, and uh, she deserves a nomination for that. But but personally, I think Rachel McAdams should win. A, should, should win a best supporting actor award for are you get, oh, are you there god it's me yeah for are you there too. yeah for are you there god it's me margaret but i digress but yeah uh but yeah that's that's my opinion on but 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 yeah that's my whole scent on um on are you get god it's me margaret so yeah. uh, let's get to our crown our crown gold. uh uh yeah, real quick. Uh, I wanna I wanna like share my honorable mentions. Uh, sure, I can do that if you want me to. Yeah, 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 sure. Like you, I'm sure you made a list of that too. Uh, so, so I have, how to blow up a pipeline, asteroid okay. city, nice. Nimona. Okay. Uh, it's been okay. Wait, wait, Nimona. Oh, oh, Nimona. It's this new, it's this new animated movie on Netflix. It's so good. Really? Yeah, it's really yeah, it's really great. Yeah. Uh yeah, like it's up it also it also has like it also has blends of 2D and 3D animation. It's really, really like great. It has like really progressive LGBT themes. Like that's such great. Like and and that and and it's a fantasy and 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 I get a kick out of those type of movies. Uh and um how to blow up a pipeline, such an intense high eco heist movie that i really liked uh on second watch on second watch it's gonna be a five star uh yeah. uh rye lane cool uh suzume cool are you there god it's me margaret love it right uh air i thought air was great i personally liked air that was a uh, good movie and scream six nice yeah really like scream six i'm gonna watch it again soon and yeah, uh, my number one was Past Lives. Hell yeah! Yeah, yeah. Past Lives is my number one. Like we, like, like we both like covered Past Lives a bit. But yeah, that's my number one. What's your number one? Alrighty. 
Oh wait, wait, wait. Oh, oh wait, wait. Your honorable, your honorable mentions. I didn't. I was just about to say that. It's all good. Um. Okay. So kind of like descending to ascending. Uh, Scream Six. Okay. Infinity Pool. Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. Skinamarink, which I feel like could get higher on another viewing, but I really do love that movie a lot. Um, John Wick. A uh, movie I saw at Sundance called Sometimes I Think About Dying, which oh. had Ricky Ridley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to... Oh, yeah. I, I, I really want to watch that. I'm I'm, I'm waiting for a release date. I feel like it could be coming soon. If not, it's probably going to be like one of those Sundance movies that comes out like early next year, but who knows. Yeah. Um, A movie I saw at IFF Boston called Free Time. Which is a very, very, very low budget comedy film, but mm. it's it's like the funniest thing I've seen all year. Cool. Like it, it could be on Amazon Prime soon. Like check it out. Like if you like like awkward cringe humor, like Nathan for you type humor, then you'll like this movie. And I, also, I would say it's like on par with like it's always sunny in terms of humor. Mm, cool, um, cool, cool. Emily, which is the Emily Bronte biopic with Emma Mackey. I love that movie a lot. I feel like that could get higher. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, You Hurt My Feelings, Mm -hmm. which is a movie that I've been thinking a lot about. I like that movie. I like that movie a lot. Yeah, I want to make a video on it on my YouTube channel eventually because I I, I feel like I really did resonate with that movie. But uh, again, that could get higher. And Spider-Verse, we already talked at great length about that mm-hmm. and lastly showing up the kelly reichardt movie who is oh. my third favorite director on my watch list on my watch list i'll watch it eventually hell yeah dude i feel like that's a good place to start with reichardt yeah i think so to too like, to get a sense of her style but my number one is a movie you probably have not seen a movie that i feel like a lot of people have not seen and I feel like every single year, I kind of get that sleeper hit, like a movie that like I just kind of glance upon the poster and like read the synopsis on IMDb without watching a trailer and think, yeah, yeah, this is probably going to be made for me. And sure enough, it was. It's called Return the Soul, which oh, is I've heard of that movie. I've been I really want to watch that. I really do. We do it, it for me. It felt like a completely hypnotic and transcendent experience, and it especially felt that way when I watched the movie like alone in an indie theater, like an old, old, old indie theater. That that like when it gets dark, it gets really dark, and it it, it completely just so sucked me in to this world and sucked me into this character's life pretty much mm. and and you know like what she's going through this is pretty much about like a woman who lives in France was raised in France but was actually born in Seoul which is in South Korea mm-hmm. and it, you know, she was adopted when she was basically an infant, and she goes to find her birth parents. 
but it also just kind of like follows like a lot a lot of portions in her life like at one point she becomes like a gambler at another point she becomes like really really successful and then it it, it leads to an ending that that kind of like in one way broke my heart but also in another way gave me a lot of hope like the final shot in this movie and like the final sound of this movie it's something that just kind of made my jaw drop and the performance from the lead actress is probably 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 my favorite performance of the year so far like she's fucking outstanding like with with any other actor like i feel like this could have felt this could have fallen apart but she is so fucking charismatic and likable it's it it completely just makes up for everything (laughs) well i I mean i shouldn't phrase it like that like she pretty much like is the heart and soul of this movie and i should also mention that there is a dance sequence in this movie at a bar and it is probably my favorite scene of the entire year and that's my return to soul is my numero uno of the year so far. I'll have to watch Return to Soul because like the way you phrased that was pretty pretty good. Uh I don't have any sense on Return to Soul because again didn't watch it, but I will watch definitely it at night. Watch it at night in the dark. I feel like that would kind of put you into that experience. You know what, AJ? After this recording, I might watch it. Who knows? Hell I'll yeah. let you know. I'll let you know, man. Yeah. Uh and that is that's that's pretty much the end of our top five, top five Hell movies yeah. of the year. And uh, to recap, um, my number five is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. My number four is John Wick Chapter Four. My number three is Blackberry. My number two is Spider Man Across the Spider Verse. And my number one is Past Lives. And for me, my number five was Past Lives. Number four, Blackberry. Number three, Asteroid City. Number two, Bo is Afraid. And number one, Return to Soul. Two of two of the five movies. Two of the five movies we uh already have on our list. And rightfully Yeah. yeah. And rightfully so. Yeah, man, pretty much. You see, this this is why we're such good friends, man. This is Oh yeah, dude. Yeah, like we love what we do. You know, we love talking exactly. about movies and 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 we love praising them. That's that's exactly. that's that's what we do. No yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, thank you. So thank you guys so much for listening to the safety time podcast. This has been, this has been fun. Again, AJ, always a pleasure having you on. And you. Uh, to close out, uh, to close out uh, for anything upcoming, uh, not much. Uh, all I gotta do is that I gotta, I, I have to like get ready for my trip to Spain and I'm, and I also got to prep, for a big time rush concert that I'm going to this weekend oh, with nice. two of my best friends. Um they were uh their guests they were they were guests on the podcast, uh the the Queens of All Things Horror, Carly and Gabby. We are going to see one of the most popular boy bands ever, uh Big Time yeah. Rush. So so yeah, that's gonna be fun. And uh not uh there's not gonna be much Santi Time content until about 
August. So, uh, so, so, so yeah, there's going to be, there's going to be pretty much a break between that and, and such, but yeah, uh, there's going to be more content coming to you soon. And yeah, that's, that's all I got. Uh, anything you got going on, AJ? Um, I just recently got back to making videos on YouTube. I'm pretty active on TikTok. Just look up my name. Yeah. Uh, uh Instagram is ice AJ fish. Like mm-hmm. anyone who's been on the internet for for a while knows uh that reference. Um and Twitter is a Ford7787. Please connect with me. I would like to talk movies and or music with you. On TikTok, I mainly talk about music now, but I'm kind of doing like a balance of everything. I also started a music YouTube channel called oh. AJ Likes Music. That that I post post to periodically but i need to get more consistent with that but yeah that's pretty much it okay and uh and as far as my insta you can follow the safety time podcast insta that's safety time pod you can follow you can follow my letterbox that's i-a-g-o b-f-t-h-e you can follow my tiktok that's straw hat santi 23 um you can follow uh you can follow uh, you can follow my Twitter. That's that's b r i o n underscore i a g o, and and what else can you follow? Oh, and you can follow. Oh, and you can check out my my movie blog, which is called Santi Film, Santi Reviews Films or whatever. Like Santi Santi Film Reviews, Santi's Film Reviews. Yeah, that's that that's what it's called. That's what's called. Yeah. So. So 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 yeah. Those are the links I have. Again, thank you guys so much for listening, and I will. See you guys very soon. Catch you. Bye. Yeah, catch you on the flip side. Bye bye.